Then turn to Hebrews, because we're continuing with our, our series on Hebrews. And we are in chapter 2 today, so you can just get that ready to read. How many of you have, have tried rowing before? Yeah. How, how did you find it? I think I, I find rowing just very difficult, because for a start, you don't actually know where you're going because you're facing in the wrong direction. So you can't keep your eye on, on what you're headed for. You can't keep your eye on the destination. Um, and you have to keep looking over your shoulder. And, and um, in between looking over your shoulder, you, you can often start to drift off target um, because of the wind and the currents, maybe if you're in the sea. Um, and I suppose it, it could be a bit easier in an aeroplane but because you're facing in the right direction for a start, and, uh, and also it's much higher up so you can see further. But, but what if there's a lot of clouds around, or if there's fog or mist or a storm? Or, or what if you're flying across the ocean and your destination is over the lip of the horizon, you can't actually see it, and if you look around, there aren't any landmarks to help you navigate by? Then it becomes quite a challenge. And what if the wind keeps changing in its force and in its direction. So your drift would be quite difficult to estimate, and you wouldn't necessarily know exactly where you were. And so recently I, I read this autobiography by um, Sir Francis, Francis Chichester, and he, back in the early 1930s, did a whole lot of uh, adventurous flying. And he then went on actually to, to sail around the world um, single-handed. But he flew in this little gypsy moth. You could see it there. Sorry, I'm pointing there. It's actually here for you. <laughs> for me, it's there. But he flew in that little gypsy moth. And, and the thing about that gypsy moth was that it, oh, it looks pretty flimsy, doesn't it? But also, it didn't have a very big fuel tank, so you couldn't fly very far with it. So when he was flying across the Tasman Sea from New Zealand to Sydney and Australia, he was the first person to do it, he had to leapfrog from one island to the next. And when I say islands, I mean, I think that's a bit of a complimentary term. I mean, there were like little rocks in the sea that he flew from one to the next. And he had huge trouble making sure that he didn't miss those islands. Because if he did, he wouldn't be able to refuel, and he'd end up plunging into the sea, and he would drown. And so he paid very, very close attention to navigation. And I think... Um, Peter Markison knows all about this. He's flown across the Indian Ocean. He's flown across the Atlantic in a slightly more reliable plane than a gypsy moth, but uh, not a lot. Eh? <laughs> um, and you've just got to pay attention to your navigational aids, to your, to your map, to your compass. Francis Chichester had to use a sextant, which is normally used on, on a boat. So all the charts and the tables were related to if you're on a boat. So when he took sightings on the sun, and this is all while he's flying, he had to go down really low to make sure that he was close to the surface of the ocean when he took his sightings. In today's passage, just as Francis Chichester had to pay attention to his navigational aids because of drifting, the writer to Hebrews gives us a warning about drifting, and he gives us a motivation to heed his warning, and then he gives us validation of our means of navigation. So let's just read it, and then we'll dive straight into the 
to the warning. So Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, he says, Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared to angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard, while God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to His will. So let's have a look, first of all, um, at the warning about drifting. And as you read Hebrews, you soon begin to realize that this guy's style of writing is he's got a, a section of exposition, which is an explanation and a description of some sort of a truth. And then he swips, uh, swaps, swaps over to an exhortation, which is usually a call to action or a command that we need to obey. So chapter 1 is this detailed explanation and description of Jesus Christ. So it's a detailed explanation and description of Jesus, and it establishes his supreme authority as the Son of God. And then he uses that to tell us that even though the angels were reliable messengers from God, Jesus, because he was the Son of God, was a far more reliable message. And then he uses that as a basis for his exhortation, which we read about today in verses 1 to 4. So he begins this warning with a therefore. And that means that it is connected, the exhortation is connected back to what he's already described. And so we need to just keep that in mind, what we've learned in chapter 1. So let's have a look at it. It says, therefore, we must pay much closer attention. Not just pay attention, not just pay close attention, but pay very close attention. Do you think he's trying to emphasize something there? I think he is. And it is addressed to us. It says, therefore, we. So he's including himself. He's talking about people who profess to follow Christ, Christ followers. It's addressed to us. We need to pay very close attention. But what is it that we are to pay closer attention to? Well, it says, to what we have heard. What does he have in mind here? Is there anything specific? And this is when we pay attention to the therefore, because that's pointing us back to what came in the chapter before. And in chapter 1, verses 1 to 2, it says, Long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. So we need to pay very close attention to what God has spoken to us through Jesus Christ. Why? Well, he gives a reason. He says the first reason is that we might end up drifting away from it. That is away from what God has spoken to us by his son. Just back to Francis Chichester for a moment. The son's words are the equivalent to the navigational aids that he used when he was navigating across the Tasman Sea. They are, folks, a matter of life and death to us. I cannot stress that enough. We can relate to Francis Chichester because it's something that we can sort of relate to. But this is even more important. 
So we need to make sure that we don't drift. But what would that look like? So back um, in the day when uh, the writer to Hebrews was writing, the drifting would have looked like this. The Hebrews, the Jewish Christians, were very tempted to go back to the synagogue. But remember that Judaism was an acceptable religion to the Romans. It was an official religion. So it was fine to go back to Judaism, but Christianity was outlawed. It wasn't acceptable to be a Christian. And so it would have been so much easier for them to go back to the synagogue in order to the, avoid the persecution that would have come from being Christians. And after all, I think they would have said to themselves, well, isn't the God of Israel the same as the God of the Christians? So if we go back to the synagogue, we'll still be worshipping the same God. But by moving back, it would have caused them to drift away from what God had spoken to them through his son because the people in the synagogue didn't recognize Jesus as the Messiah. So that's, that's what it looked like back in the day. But what about now? In our day and age, drifting could mean moving to a church with a false teaching about the person of Jesus and the part that he plays in salvation. Or maybe a church that overemphasizes a particular area of Christianity at the expense of what Jesus is saying. So some of the health and the wealth and the prosperity gospel that is being preached, it's all about us and all about us being blessed and primarily physically and financially